with the Elohim. We'll have live channeling through our dear friend, Terry Brown, who's able to connect with sources from the other side, the Elohim group and also the Ra group. We welcome you all and happy Sunday. And as usual, this is a simulcast with a conference call. Another person joined in. Welcome. If you want to, feel free to stay in the location. Hi, Jyoti. Hi, Jyoti. Hi, Jyoti. Hi, Jyoti. Hi. Los Molinos. Happy Sunday morning. Welcome to the conference call. Please stay in the location. Hi, it's Wynn. Wynn, welcome. Hello, Wynn. Good morning. How do I sound? Decent. Great. Good. Okay. And we are live on BBS Radio. Happy Sunday to everyone, and thank you for joining in with this online community. Welcome to the next caller. Please say your name and location. Uh, yeah, it's Lauren from Ports, Washington. Welcome, Hi, Lauren. Hello, Lauren. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Joy. Hello. Hi. Hi, Joy. And we have another caller. Children, welcome. Hi, hi. Hi, Joy. Hi, everybody. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, guys. And the next person that joined in, welcome to you. Please say name and location. Roger in Austin. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Roger. Welcome, Hi, Roger. everybody. Hi. Happy Sunday morning, Welcome. It's me again. I got dropped off. All right, thanks. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, me again. Hi. Hi, me. Hi, me again. Unusual name. That's a capital M. That's a capital M. <laughs> Is that with a capital M? Happy Sunday morning. Welcome to the conference call. Please say your name and location. Good morning, everyone. Joel in Chicago. Welcome, Joel. Morning, Hi, Joel. Hi, Joel. I am not. Joel, you have a very distinctive voice. So I've been Always recognizable <laughs> You know, it's really kind of funny. I did a thing not too long ago when I was on video and it's online where I got filmed. And I noticed that I don't move my upper lip when I talk. And I tell people I've had like 126 plants north and South America. And I live on the phone and would have a mic by my face all the time. So I kind of talk in the back of my throat. Wow. We have someone else join in. Welcome. Please say name and location. Good morning, Edna. Guten Morgen, Edna. Hi, Edna. Good morning. Hi, Edna. Hi, Edna. Hi, Edna. Although, where I am, it's already afternoon. It's already afternoon where I am. I'm in Brazil. All right. I'm in Brazil. All right. I'm in Brazil, yes. How do I sound now? Great. Good. 
good. <laughs> Fine. You, you sounded good before. Yeah, this is a little better. He sounded like that for like uh, 12 years now. <laughs> Talk okay. about a distinctive voice. Wim has a distinctive voice. Most of us do. Not, well, maybe not as distinctive as yours. So yours is very unusual. This is a this is a smoky, relaxed kind of yeah, with a with a slight slight accent. Everybody asks me that where I got my accent from, but I you know I lived in New York, I lived in Alaska, I lived in Europe, I lived in I don't know what it is. <laughs> Got a combination accent. <clears throat> I got my accent from the dictionary. You got great voice quality too. Hey. Some people yeah. are really. All right, so here we are at ten oh eight Pacific time. Happy Sunday! If you just joined on in on BBS Radio, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. Let's see when you are muted on your end currently. I just dropped out myself and I just came back, so I don't know. Okay. Are you there, Wynn? You might have dropped out too. Welcome to the conference call. Please share name and location. It's it's Wynn again. All right. You Wynn. dropped out? Yes. Hey, Winnegan. I dropped out. Hey, Winnegan. <laughs> Winnegan, okay. See you again, brother. We both dropped out, I think, Win. You, you dropped, you dropped out, too? You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I have VOIP running in the background. So if, if I need oh, to, good. I can switch to it. I have to show you how to do that. Shall we get the recorder going, Win? I think so. Is today uh, January 9th? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 22. 22. 22. I might forget that, but I'll try. <laughs> All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Here we go. The recording has started. This is January... Ninth, two thousand twenty-two. Winfrey and Terry Brown in Sedona, and this is our our most popular call of the week. Sunday morning with the Elohim, and we really should say Sunday morning with the Elohim and the Ra Group. And I pick a topic. And I ask them questions on that particular topic. And we have gotten some of the most breakthrough information in the history of our planet on this call. And I never know exactly where it's going to go and what they're going to say. And um, 
No, I don't either. <laughs> Terry doesn't either. She's channeling them. And and yet, usually, it goes somewhere which is, wow, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. And, um, you know, we have a, a archive site called the, the Spirit Channel.net. And we have all of our calls for probably 12 years, 13 years, I don't know, thousands of calls. And particularly our Sunday calls are on there. And uh, every one of them has a session. And it's a very good way not only to get this incredible understanding of the universe that has never been given in this realm before, to my knowledge, but also to tune into the energy of these sources. Because what happens is when you listen to the call, they they can feel your energy, even on the replays. And the Elohim is a group soul of millions of beings composed of pure energy and they can feel the energy of the universe and they can tell when somebody is tuning into their energy and they can tune back. So you're not just listening to an audio. Many people, and not everybody can feel this because some people are not sensitive enough at this point. But when you're listening, there's an energy that comes in. And uh, it's coming in right now. There's an energy as I'm talking. It's not my energy. It's, it's, well, you know, in, in the wider spectrum, it is my energy. Because there's a, everything in the universe is one. So... Um, they are us. We are them. We are each other. But we can't live like that because otherwise we just be a, 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 um, an, an unindividuated Guam part of oneness. So, but we can move into it and, and we can feel the energy of it. Then we move back to our individuation. And, and and it's a complex arrangement because we're part of everything and we're totally individuated. And that is um, the mystery of, what's the word, yin-yang. You can be everything and you can be yourself. But each part of the self is part of everything. And we can expand the idea of who we are experientially and start to uh, live in what they call the law of one. And the law of one means we're all one. But obviously, we're not all one experientially all the time. Um, it's something you, you can learn to flow 
in and out of. Because the way that exhibits itself is you start to see things as part of yourself. You meet someone new and they are part of you. When you do that, you have compassion because you're connecting with them on a level of empathy. And even when people are mean and evil, you can still empathize. You don't want to get involved with them because they'll run their number on you. But you can still empathize with them, being on their track, where they're at, and move on. Say, I don't really want to um, fall into the oneness with that being. Okay. And if you saw my email today, I'm going to talk about something that I don't think we've ever talked about before. And yet, it is probably one of those things that we all have dealt with, we are dealing with now, or we're going to deal with it in the future. And it's somewhat of a mystery. It has to do with sexual expression, all right? And what do we know about sexual expression? First of all, in general, it's different for a man and a woman. Before we, before we start talking to our sources about this, I just want to share my experience of it. And I remember when I was young and going to high school, and, you know, everybody's talking about getting laid, <laughs> and and I had never been laid yet, and uh, women were a big mystery, and I remember I, uh, I would go on a date, and I would be so self-conscious. We'd be sitting in a movie theater, and I didn't even want to get up to go to the bathroom. What is she going to think of me, uh, going to the bathroom? Or <laughs> I didn't want to swallow. I was so petrified. I guess petrified is the right word. And I tried to make conversation. And, of course, I never succeeded in in having uh, a sexual connection. Okay. And um, I didn't understand it. I I I I understood that I could look at a woman and I could be aroused, but I was trying to understand what is arousement? What is that? Now, you know, we come from animals. We have an animal body. And there were animals before there were humans. And somehow... Their DNA was arranged to create this sex, okay? Sexual experience. And um, that animals, at least many animals, have love for their mate, 
and they're very protective of their children, and they 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 bring them up. So, part of sex obviously has to do with the perpetuation of the species, and when a new when a new being comes into this world, how is it going to grow from a baby into an adult? How is it going to get trained? How is it going to get loved? What's it going to be experiencing? One of the things sex does, of course, it's the precursor to a new being coming into the world, it creates a bond between the man and the woman. Now, you know, there's every kind of sex. There's gay sex, there's self-sex, there's heterosexual sex. So I'm talking about archetypes, the general theme. And it doesn't mean that all the other sexual expressions are bad because the, the way that I have come to see that it works is that the male of the species, and this is the archetype, this is not true for everybody, but the male of the species has far more urgency to have a release. And if he doesn't have a release, he has physical symptoms. Or else, what do they call it? Um, he gets a release in his sleep. What's that called? Nocturnal emissions. And um, the woman, I don't know if women have that. Women have the need to nurture, to nurture the man, to nurture the children. That's innate in the archetype. And I I used to keep using the word archetype because this may not fit you. You may not be in that archetype. We've had conversations where, as everyone that comes to this call knows, we have many lifetimes. And in some lifetimes, we can be a man, and some lifetimes, we can be a woman. It depends on what kind of body our soul chooses to occupy. And and we probably are choosing the experience to see how that feels. So, if you had a bunch of lifetimes as a man, and then you incarnate as a woman, on some level, your energy system is going to be similar to a man's, and I think you'll have more urgency to have a release sexually, and um, and vice versa. If a man had many lifetimes as a woman, and he comes back as a man, he might have a more of a predisposition to be gay because he has those feminine characteristics. And then he'll look for a man 
to dominate him. So, and then there is, this is what I've learned. Um, when you're having a sexual experience, what chakras do you have open? Because the experience can move through your entire body and release huge amounts of energy and make you feel more balanced. But when you start it, can you move your energy up into the heart chakra and to the higher chakras? Or is it stuck down in just the sexual chakras? And then it doesn't tend to balance yourself when it's just there. And that's for like self-service or with a partner, okay? And so it's complicated, and yet it, it's a drive that drives us crazy. And we're reaching for spiritual connection. And sometimes people think, well, if they're going to go into a spiritual connection, they have to deny themselves sexual expression because sexual expression is bringing you into the physical world and it's not spiritual. Now, we asked a question to our sources about that one time and they said, that was not necessarily true. And um, they said that if you deny yourself sex and be what the Hindus call brahmacharya, people who are renunciates of sex, you can move yourself into your higher chakras but your lower chakras can stay closed, in which case you're not a full energetic being. And uh, you can be a space case. Or you can just be involved in heart connection without grounding. You don't have access to your personal power. Now, another thing about sex is, um, and th this I read and, and, and has to do with creativity and sex come from the same chakra. And, um, of course, sex, at one of its most creative aspects, creates children. But it also creates songs. It can create artistry. And some people can re renounce, renunciate sex for their creativity to um, flourish. And I know when I was writing music all the time and writing songs, 
relationships in that period of time, by and large, were like inspirations to write. And I would write love songs or songs moving into a relationship, and then I'd write broken heart songs moving out of the relationship. And as as long as I was writing songs, I was being somewhat fulfilled. I noticed, like, there's other songwriters, like that, like uh, Taylor Swift is always writing about her relationships. And she's written all these hit songs, and um, I don't know if she's had a successful relationship yet. She's had them for a period of time, but it didn't endure. And then she would write songs about the guy, sometimes um, not looking at him in the right light. And ultimately, since we're all part of all that is, when we start to experience that, we can, a woman can think of herself as a goddess. And in probably the most highest aspects, she is. But then she expects to be worshipped and dominate the man because she is giving him this nurturing. And that doesn't usually work. And before I did this call today, when I decided on the topic, I looked up the Raw Law of One website. If you if you have never discovered that, it's a really really good good research tool for the raw material. The, the website is lawofone.info, and this guy has put all the raw books in a searchable database, so you can pick any word. And I will come up with the references where that word shows up in the raw material. You can look up Jesus. You can look up um, ETs. You can look up elite. You know, it's very interesting to see what comes up without reading through all five books. And when you read through them, there's so much and they're so deep, you won't remember it all anyway. Some of it you won't even get when you read it because it's that complicated. But when I looked up Law of One Sex, Ra talked about sex as energy transfers. And, and talked about the colors of the rays, which are the colors of the chakras, and talking about how sex could locate itself in the different chakras, okay? It was, it was not, when we're talking about sex, we're talking about the orgasm. And it could be a green ray, which was hard. It could be a red ray, which was the sexual chakra, and um, 
I didn't even quite understand it all because I'm not familiar in in a way that's workable about the colors of the chakras. I know I've read it, but I don't see the colors. And uh, do you see the colors, Terry? Well, um, if I focus straight, I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember one time, I mean, I see light around people quite often. I can yeah. feel energy around people easily. You know, and it's almost like I can be sitting somewhere and people are walking by and I tune into them and it feels like I understand them just in a flash. But... um I only see light energy, but I remember one time I had a friend named Bob Libin, and he used to sell massage devices at festivals. And he had a—he was an older man, and he had a very kind of um, noble disposition. And I visited him once. And I could see this green all around him. And, mm-hmm. uh, it would be the heart chakra. Yeah, right. And he did have a good heart chakra. I know, and he did. He it, had a big, he big, had a big heart. He was very kind and loving of yeah. others. Yes. And he would, he would, uh, when he was, he would demonstrate these massage devices. And he made quite mm-hmm. a bit of money because um, he was had such a loving expression. Okay. Yeah. Now let me look up uh, this raw law of one stuff. Uh, and, and I'll give you an example. I just realized something. Uh, the pendants hmm. that we sell, uh, the aura pictures show that they tend to move away from uh, the reds and the, and the um, uh, foundation. They tend to move into the higher chakras, and into the blues and greens and things like that. Mm-hmm. I know. I put that on the picture too. You know, there were two <laughs> pictures. One is one the person is red, and I said red is often anger. Right. And um, and green was healing. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I'm just going to read a little bit about this, because since we're going to be talking about it, I want to give you an idea, and I may read some while we're in the middle of the uh, our conversation. And just before I do that, I'm just going to open the lines for a moment. Now, 
Nobody likes to talk about sex publicly. People are embarrassed by it. So I'm not going to ask you publicly. I am just going to ask some general yes or no questions. And then if somebody wants to say something, they can. But I'm not going to put, put you on the spot. And just a moment. All participants are unmuted. All right. Okay. First question is... There's a call coming in from Forum. Hello, may I help you? Oh, boy. You know what? You'll have to get back to them, okay? Yeah, but it's Australia. Anyway. It's what? I I can't answer it anyway. It's Australia. No. Oh. I hear it. It's coming in on my phone, too. Okay. Yeah, it's on an order line. Yeah. It's Australia. All right. and the bees again, please? <laughs> How many of you feel you've given up on trying? Yeah. No. No. Not yet. No. <laughs> no. Not yet. Okay. Am I old enough for this conversation? <laughs> no. No, you're not, Antonio. <laughs> Neither am Antonio? I. I asked if I was old enough for this conversation. No, you're not old enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought they were going to do the How many of you? How many of you feel that you're very balanced and you don't need sex? And all of that can can with that. No. 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 How many of you have experienced have, extreme, uh, extreme 
the, the feeling of being very balanced okay. after a sexual action uh, interchange. Yes. Yes. Don't know. 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 Yes. Don't all participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Now, one of the things I have learned, uh, when, you, when you bring in the law of one with a sexual expression, there are little things I have noted. One of them is we all have a certain amount of neediness in, and I shouldn't say all, but most of us have a certain amount of neediness in our bodies, uh, um, longing, empty, emptiness, wanting to connect. And my experience is that uh, a very good sexual release. It tends to balance the neediness. But now you're involved with another person. And in this world, there's a lot of things, expectations that can come with a sexual uh, connection. In other words, a woman, you know, women inherently know that men are more needy than they are. and in, But in a different way, their neediness is different, okay? Men have physical backing up of energy headaches, pain, when their expression is not being expressed. And um, that's why you have prostitutes. That's why um, women don't hunger. Most women, I mean, there are some, but most women don't hunger just to have sex and pay for it with someone, okay? But men will do that. And um, so what happens is when a woman can uh, fulfill a man sexually, she has an, an edge because he needs her worse than he, she needs him, in most cases, okay? And she can uh, make, him, make him buy her things. I mean, men will spend an inordinate amount of money, if they have it, to be 
connected to a woman. And not just in a prostitution sense, but even in a relationship, you know? And and that's not wrong as long as he's operating out of his free will. Where it gets all screwed up is where people feel obligated and controlled. And then the magic goes out of the sex, usually, you know? I'm just going to read a couple things from the raw material here. And I'm just going to read it in line. You know, I came up with 65 results for the word sex. And um, question. Let's take then, since we are on the subject of sex, the relationship before and after the veil of disease in this particular case, venereal disease, was this type of disease in existence prior to the veil, okay? Now, we've all talked about the veil. The veil is where we don't know anything, and uh, we can't get into the higher realms to see things. We're, we're always we're coming from a human thing, but the, and, and uh, now... Don Elkins is somehow connecting venereal disease with the the veil, okay? And that's that never sense. heard that before. Yeah. So <laughs> Ross Ross says there has been that which is called disease, both of this type and others, before and after this great experiment. And they're talking about the veiling, I assume. And someday we'll talk about that, how the veil came about. However, since the venereal disease is in large part a function of the thought forms of a distorted nature, which are associated with sexual energy blockage, the venereal disease is almost entirely the product of mind-body-spirit complexes interaction after the veiling. Okay. Now, you I know, never heard that. The, the, this is something that I, I'm, like, um, answers are coming through as you're reading that. And uh, so later on, when we start channeling, you can ask those questions that you're asking now. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, venereal disease is, is kind of like certain germs coming into your body, giving you, you know, uh, sexually transmitted diseases. But it indicates here when there's not veiling, then you don't get venereal diseases, okay? Here's another question. Thank you. I'm going to ask a rather long, complex question here, and I would request that the answer to each portion of this question be given if there was a significant difference prior to the veil than following the veil, so that I can get an idea of how what we experience now 
is used for better polarization. Asking if there is any significant difference and what was the difference before the veil in the following while incarnate in third density sleep, dreams, physical pain, mental pain, sex, disease, catalyst programming, random catalyst relationships, or communication with the higher self or with the mind-body-spirit totality or any other mind-body or spirit functions before the veil that would be significant with respect to their difference after the veil. And, um, Terry, let me ask you, are you aware yourself that there was a period of time on this planet where the veil was not present? The, um, what I'm getting there is that, um, after, after the flood and after, um, um, Enki started making a combination of Nebiru bodies and, uh, and, and the uh, eight bodies, that there was a more dense, um, process of a body mm-hmm. complex that, mm-hmm. uh, added to the veil. Yes. Well, let me tell you how they answered this, okay? Okay. Firstly, let us establish that both before and after the veil, the same conditions existed in time-space. Now, Ra uses the terminology time-space and space-time. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are in space-time when you're in a body, and um, and the other side is time-space. And in time-space, time is different, okay? Like a million years can pass in time-space, and, and you don't even know it. But in space-time, you're experiencing a long time. Uh And, you know, our high selves, a good portion of our being is in time-space, but we are veiled from directly connecting with it, okay? And we have to get it through um, watching space-time and seeing how time-space impacts space-time. And you start to understand what's going on in time-space, but you're still not there. You're still in space-time, okay? Yeah, I'm following you. Yeah. So, uh, so before the veiling, time and after the veiling, time-space, was the same, but the space-time wasn't. Got it. The veiling process is a space-time phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Now, that sounds really complicated, of, but you can bring it down to more simpler terms. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you came in from time space and took a body, and now you're in space time. Okay. Right. Now you've but got a body, you, and everything's more dense, and all the processes are more complicated, and yeah. everything has to be processed through all of these different um, um, awareness uh, of senses in the body that didn't yes. have to go through the whole body process before, so it's slower. Now, the next thing Ross saying in answer to Don Elkin's question is, the character of experience was altered drastically by the veiling process. In That's some cases, such, such as the dreaming and the contact with the higher self, the experience was quantitatively different due to the fact that the veiling is a primary cause of the value of dreams and is also the single door against which the higher self must stand awaiting entry. A single door, not door, a door. Okay? Before veiling, Dreams were not for the purpose of using the so-called unconscious to further utilize catalysts, but were used to learn teach from teach learners within the inner planes, as well as those of outer origin of higher density. As you deal with each subject of which you spoke, you may observe during the veiling process not a quantitative change in the experience, but a qualitative one. Let us, as an example, choose your sexual activities of energy transfer. If you have a desire to treat other subjects in detail, please query forthwith query. In the instance of the sexual activity, of those not dwelling within the veiling, each activity was a transfer. There were some transfers of strengths. Most were attenuated in the strengths of the transfer due to the lack of veiling. In the third density, entities are attempting to learn the ways of love. It can be seen that all are one being. It can be seen that all are one. Being it becomes much more difficult for the undisciplined personality to choose one mate and thereby initiate itself into a program of service. It is much more likely that the sexual energy will be dissipated more randomly without either great joy or great sorrow depending from these experiences. Now, I think uh, I want to translate that to my own little experience level. Mm -hmm. That is that we're in a realm of reflected energy and a realm of mirroring 
Mm-hmm. And if you can create a partner, a sexual partner, that can mirror you beyond duality, it's an incredible experience. Okay? Yes. Because, because now, instead of going around and looking for something to mirror your energy back, you have a constant reference point and you become more stable. You know, you don't have to go out. And, and as I'm sure everybody knows, it's not easy to find mirroring in the world at such a high level. Usually we get drawn into worldly things, and particularly if you've advanced yourself on a spiritual path, you don't find other people to match it, and they mirror back to you a lower level, and 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 then you start getting trapped in the lower level they're mirroring back, and if you've experienced beyond that, you don't want that anymore. It's not fulfilling. It's a trap. It is. It's, okay. uh, I can really see that because uh, some people may be stuck in their density in uh, the lessons of control and domination and choice. And so they would be uh, seeing everything through that veil of that um, domination over the others, which would be the yellow ray, and they would be seeing everything through the yellow ray, and they might attempt to be dominating, and they would totally miss out on the green ray, which would be the true loving of the heart to heart. Yeah. But go ahead. You're doing great. Therefore, the green energy transfer, being almost without exception the case in sexual energy prior to veiling. Okay, now, before there was a veil, the green ray or the heart was always involved. The sexual energy transfers and blockages after veiling have been discussed previously. It may be seen to be more complex study, but one far more efficient in crystallizing those who seek the Green Ray Energy Center. Now that I didn't understand. Okay? Um, Let's just get that, okay? That is an interesting question. Can you tell me the difference between the sexual programming, let us say, prior to Yahweh's intervention and after the intervention, okay? 
Now, obviously, I don't know uh, everything behind that question, but there was an, indica- an implication that Yahweh, and of course Yahweh was one of the words for God, major word, was a being that was playing the part of God, and uh, some people think that Enlil was Yahweh, okay? And um, we can ask that question. Of course, Enlil was the negative guy of the Anunnaki, and Enki was the brother. And uh, um, Yahweh was not necessarily a positive God form. Well, he he might question, have been not totally negative, though. He, he might yeah. have, uh, but, yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't want to go into a big discussion on the Anunnaki, because it'll, you know, we'll lose uh, the, the purpose of this. And no, but into the purposes of what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, this is a question which we can only answer by stating that intervention by genetic means is the same no matter what the source of this change. Okay, so now Yahweh did some kind of genetic intervention. Okay? That's what, now, the next question is, can you tell me Yahweh's purpose in making the genetic sexual changes? Ra, the purpose 75,000 years ago, as you measure time, the changes subsequent to that time were one purpose only, that to express in the mind-body complex those characteristics which would lead to further and more speedy development of the spiritual complex. Now, if they're talking about Yahweh's thing, it doesn't sound like it was negative, or his intent wasn't uh, negative, okay? It's like, Carlos says, she doesn't think that Yahweh was totally negative. Yeah. Does the Orion group use this, shall we say, as a gateway to impressing upon entities? shall we say, preferences, which could create negative polarization. Ra, just as we as the Confederation attempt to beam our love light whenever given the opportunity, including sexual opportunities, now there's an interesting one, that they beam (laughs) their love light even in when people are having very loving sex, right? Yes. So the Orion group will use an opportunity if it is negatively oriented or if the individual is negatively oriented. Question. Is there any emotional bias that has nothing to do with male-female sexual polarity that can create a sexual energy buildup in an entity. Ra, 
the sexual energy buildup is extremely unlikely to occur without sexual bias upon the part of the entity. Perhaps we did not understand your question. Perhaps we did not understand your question. And it seems obvious that it would take an entity with the potential for sexual activity to experience a sexual energy buildup. Okay. Now, I think I'm not going to read any more of this. You know, we, we, we've just laid a track to talk to them and perhaps get some more understanding of... Yeah. Now, it's interesting. Something that never occurred to me was the idea of unveiled sex and veiled sex. All right? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and, yes. and that there was a period before the veiling, okay, where um, it was almost all sex involved having an open heart. That's what they said, okay? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll confirm that when we talk to them. And, all right. you know, I know that, um, you know, Terry and I are very both independent, you know? <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're so independent that we go out to dinner sometimes and we drive separately. So if one of us wants right. to leave before the other, they have a car and they don't feel trapped, <laughs> right? right? And we're both like that. We're both like that. And I mean, it will look really crazy to someone, but <laughs> it's just, we do it. And and we can be around each other doing our own separate things, right? But uh, when when she has needs, I don't feel controlled doing them. Like, I like making dinner and feeding her. And I love it. She likes it. And it's getting better and better. But I really don't want to spend the time doing it. I really don't. I mean, but I I do it because it's like, you know, I'll be in the supermarket and I'll buy Terry flowers. And I know it's wonderful. I think it's I think it's the biggest waste of money ever <laughs> to buy flowers <laughs> that are going to last for four days and then you throw them away, right? But, uh, when I bring Terry flowers, I love the smile and the joy <laughs> she has when she gets them. So I do it. So you uh-huh. see, it's it's part of it's part of. Uh, compassion. Just because I think something's dumb, <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, when it when it it brings Terry joy, the joy comes back to me, right? And th- this is a challenge in deep relationship because you don't have to be controlled by it. But 
different people have different needs. And it's like if you're with somebody and you don't attend to their needs, your relationship is not going to succeed very well. And you say, I don't want to do that. No, but I'll do that because they want it or they need it, right? And and, and not to feel controlled by it, you know? And, you know, otherwise it's kind of like a guy saying, okay, lay down, spread your legs, see you later, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and, and somebody feels controlled. And once somebody feels controlled, they've lost their free will. And, you know, even when you have a committed relationship, if you can exercise free will all the way and not obligation, um, then the relationship has a constant energy exchange where everybody is in better balance. And, um, reject their nature. It's not their fault, okay? <laughs> but people do. They do that. They judge each other's natures. And uh, if a nature changes, it's, it's not going to do it because you demand it. It has to do it. If, if somebody feels loved, they change, okay? They do. Yeah. They, they, and, but I don't know if their nature changes very much. Okay. Well, I, I the think the nature can change, but like I think that takes a whole lot of insight into their patterns, and then the no. reason for their patterns, and then that can they can change if they want to. Yeah. But if, but if a man has that thing where like um, got all this backed up energy, and they're not bad because they have it, they can't help it. It's part of their nature, right? If a woman has yeah, that that's nature, another thing that I was thinking uh, in one of the th uh, earlier things you said, like um, the, if man, like I think just the man's physical body has a tendency to get backed up if uh, they don't release. 
I mean, uh, it's an actual physical release, and if it gets backed mm-hmm. up, uh, then that can uh, create a stoppage in the flow of the body, normal flow of the body. Yeah. Well, in any case, we're going to go into a session now, and I didn't mean to talk this long, but you know, we might have to continue this next week because it, it's a very deep subject, and it's not easy to understand, even in yourself. And, you know, people want the relationship, they want closeness, but they can't figure out how to make it work. And they fail and fail and fail, and then they give up. And uh, hang on a second here. All participants are unmuted. Anyone want to make a comment or something they'd like me to cover when we go into the session? No. Now, if you're talking in the background. Ask about exercise for men's problems. Exercise? Yeah. You mean, can they work off their thrusting energy with exercise? Go work out, have a war, run a mile. Yeah. And, okay. Anyone else want to say something? With, with respect, it's Judy, can you let the Elohim and Ra lead the way and not sort of put your take on the whole thing? It would be a much more helpful uh, to me because you, as brilliant as you are, you have your own view of it. It doesn't necessarily agree with my view of it. I'm just wondering if you can let the Elohim really speak clearly of their own uh, take on it. Well, I, well I, you know, they always tell me to ask them questions. I so know, I have but to ask questions. a neutral question without taking your take on it or validating what your opinion yeah. is. Well, they don't validate my opinion when they don't agree no, with me. No, but you it. always nope. ask them, do you agree with what I'm saying? I'm saying leave that part yeah. out. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll open the mics and I'll let you ask a question, okay? All right. But how, are you gonna, can you, how are you going to ask a question without coming from your point of view? No, I would, I just, I'm saying, will everyone here kindly step to the rear and let the Elohim lead the way is all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. At the end of it is, it's like we might want to let the rug group lead the way because your routine are more more removed from the film. I meant the higher sources lead the way. Okay. Okay, I'm muting everybody. Here we go. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light surround and protect each person here and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection 
while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. And we create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And do we have our sources present? Yes. Give us a moment. We take a moment and we adjust our field so that we are within the reach of everyone on this a listening audience who wishes to be connected to us. And we come directly to you. We don't come. Uh, it is only the voice that comes through the telephone line and BBS radio. So we come directly and it is our joy uh, to be connected with you uh, this night of January 2022 as we advance further into the increased energies uh, the area of the uh, the galaxy where your solar system is traversing. Do you have questions? Well, first of all, I did a long talk about sexual expression from my perspective and my experience, and uh, and you want to? Can you just? Give some comments about how that looks from your perspective. Thank you. We are comparing, to some degree, the uh, way that you and Carla were interacting as and when you did the Law of One uh, made simple material where you were reading uh, from the raw material and uh, uh, taking a look at your take on what it said meant and where Carla was interacting and commenting. So we don't have Carla here right now, but you do have the Elohim and you do have uh, Terry paying attention. So um, we uh, feel that this is a fertile ground for further investigation and discussion. Okay. Is is the Elohim able to comment on sexuality since they never had that experience? But they had it vicariously, I'm sure, right? Uh, we do have capability as the Elohim to share energy totally and completely. Uh, so it is, in a way, um, we do not have the body release, the body function, but we do have a very satisfying uh, sharing of, uh, total sharing, complete sharing of energy, which uh, is joyful to us. This is the Elohim aspect yes. uh, commenting. Now, when I was reading the raw material, they were talking about before the veiling, and yes, when when they said before the veiling, 
Yes. I assume they were talking about the veiling on planet Earth, right? The veiling of the um, body complexes. Uh, uh, then became the spirit, mind, body complexes of the it went forth on the Earth plane. Uh, the body complexes added a veil uh, due to the more dense uh, bodies that it took to survive in the earth plane. So, was there a time when there were bodies that were not veiled on earth? That's what it seemed to be saying, but because I said before the veiling... Or were they talking about the experience? Before the combining of the uh, denser um, body complexes, uh, the the, uh, spirit uh, mind complexes were moved into, they experienced a a heavier veiling uh, by being placed in the uh, more denser uh, body complexes. It was experimentation, uh, partly of uh, Yahweh and and he, but it was also uh, the natural processes of the body complexes um, that were able to survive in the earth heavier, um, dense, more dense atmosphere, and uh, gravity uh, it made it um, uh, necessary. Uh, it, those body complexes uh, survived better in the Earth um, density, the physical density on Earth. And, and it provided a greater veil uh, as the uh, uh, lighter uh, mind-spirit complexes were um, genetically moved into those bodies. Okay. Now, we are all very, most of us, I should say, are familiar with Enki and Enlil event and the creating of hybrids led to yes. Sumeria. Sumeria City. Yes. And, and, and then um, Egypt also. And, and Atlantis. And Atlant- Atlantis was part of that? It was. Um, Atlantis had hybrids? It, it, it was a mixture. And the Anunnaki were off planet from other races that were also uh, pioneering and establishing outposts here. And the uh, denser bodies in this atmosphere of Earth were the ones that survived the best. And so this provided a natural veiling of. No matter um, whether it was an off-planet uh, outpost from Genev or 
have some serious um and um never really it, it no matter where it was from or whether it was genetically built in or not, it was a veiling process. But the fact that survival in the Earth's atmosphere required a denser body. Mm-hmm. Now, somewhere it was indicated, and I, I see if I'm recalling this correctly, that the incident that we're most familiar with, with the Anunnaki, was not the first incident of the Anunnaki's interaction on our planet. And they had interacted with us uh, for maybe even hundreds of thousands of years. I can't remember prior. Yes. yes. Am I accurate? Probably 400,000 or so, Mm 450,000. But that was that was not with Enki and Enlil, right? That was with other beings. Enki and Enlil um, became more prominent, but they were they, they did. There were some uh, outposts that were started with other groups. But uh, Enki and Enlil started um, thousands of years ago, 70,000 at least. They did. And did did Enki and Enlil make a presence known for 70,000 years? Uh, You know, it was indicating at one point that the Anunnaki had the ability to clone themselves. And that they could appear yes, to they, be the one. They do. The one. They could appear. So it's theor- theoretically, it's possible that Enki and Enlil could have maintained the presence through a su- succession of cloned bodies. Is that true? That is correct. That so is correct. They maintained the continuity for seventy thousand years, at least. Is that, is that at what least, you're yes. Yes. And. Were they were they creating uh, hybrids even seventy thousand years ago? Yes. And did those species and longer. were they not Go allowed ahead. to live? In other words, in 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 the episode we are most familiar with, Enki uh, promoted that the hybrids would have life and yes. grow into a culture. And what happened yes. in previous times? Did that not did that not happen ever before? Well we, as we look far back we see there were various cycles of civilization arising and uh getting destroyed on Earth. Uh yes. there were some great civilizations on Earth previous to the arrival of uh, Enki and Enlo. But I'm talking about if they were doing hybrids, did those hybrids result in other unique civilizations or cultures? Enlo did not... 
Enlil didn't like that to happen, at least in the incident we're talking about. Enlil was considering that uh, there was a a guideline, a a rule, a mandate that uh, the the population evolution on uh, planets was not to be interfered with, and he was sticking to that guideline and feeling mm-hmm. pretty bad about uh, having broken that guideline. And mm-hmm. uh, then he subsequently decided to destroy it all. Mm-hmm. And he attempted to do that. Okay, yeah. now, I, I, I'm still trying to understand that raw session I just read, where they talked about before the veiling. Now, before the veiling, my mind says, is he, to, is he talking about before the veiling on planet Earth or before the veiling? Uh, like, it's indicated here that to have physical bodies on Earth, there needed to be veiling. Did I hear that correctly? Well, the bailing was a result, and it it was a necessity because of the um, heavier density of bodies that uh, needed to, to be stronger to withstand the conditions on Earth, and that provided the... Uh, Necessitated as the, it was one of the features that happened as the body became uh, denser and more able to withstand the uh, conditions of Earth. It, it automatically provided uh, or made a veiling, uh, a greater veiling uh, of a greater body uh, presence which then uh, further veiled uh, the spirit, the mind-spirit complex part. Now, before the veiling, there were bodies. Where did those bodies exist? Uh, The Anunnaki uh, had a a lighter uh, mind-body spirit complex. They had a lighter one that was not as veiled. And when one takes a body and when one even um, is uh, in a this, my, uh, spirit side and this more spirit this mind, the, there is a spirit body and that is lesser dense and it is less trailed. But with any um, with any Mind, body, spirit complex. Uh, even one, uh, a light body uh, in the other side, spirit body, uh, that also makes uh, a veiling, which is like a distortion. It provides a distortion in the field, which distortion is not bad. It is necessary uh, to be distinct from uh, the. Uh, the allness of the one infinite creator is the distortion that makes the distinction that gives you the particular 
uh, vibration and uh, the complex of of your spirit complex. Uh, I use. I want to make sure I'm understanding. I'm trying to understand. When the Anunnaki arrived on Earth, were they able to have a certain degree of unveiling? They were unveiled more. They really were into sex and tantra, and uh, they really enjoyed it. And um, they had a lot of tantra techniques. Uh, and then uh, it was a greater enjoyment for them than subsequent uh, earth, mind, body, spirit complexes having sex. Mm-hmm. Now, in Tantra, um, this Tantra, the word Tantra, comes, I believe, from Hindu, where it was used as kind of a tantric yoga. It was like where yes. people people could uh, open their chakras and have a complete yes. sexual exchange. Yes? Yes. And the veil, uh, you, you can use those techniques to lessen the veil. Mm-hmm. When you lessen the veil, are you reducing the separation between your unconscious and your conscious? You're opening it up. Yes, you are. Yes. So that you can directly, more directly connect with the highest aspects of yourself. That's correct. And with others. And with others. And you don't have to be uh, an Anunnaki to do that. It was a technique. No, the Anunnaki were training people to do that on the Enki side. Yes, yes? on the Enki and on the Enlil side. Yeah, but they were the originators of the concept of tantric sex. Correct. Yes. Well, they they got it. You know, they were trained in it. But I mean, in this planet, the whole there's a whole there's a cult or a, you know groups of people that teach people how to do that, and uh, and that key they were were they they were they derivative of the Anunnaki teaching it or showing people how to do it. Yes. I mean, and as I recall. Uh, um, Enki, when 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 there was the uh, propagation of the the um, uh, hybrids, and initially, when I asked the question some time ago, that that they didn't have sex because they didn't want them to have children. And I asked if there was a genetic modification that allowed them to have children. And the answer was 
No, they just didn't know what to do, and they had to be trained. Is that right, correct? That's they what do I recall have the, the ability was. to have children. Yeah. yeah but they had the ability to have children, but um, they they were they were probably taught that sex was bad. You know, something about were, Adam yeah. and Eve. Yeah. Yeah, it and was that, taboo. Uh, and that Enki started to train them differently, okay? Yes. In other, yes. in other words, it wasn't, there was a genetic modification that said, okay, now you can have sex and have children. They were shown and trained that that was not taboo. And there's something in the Adam and Eve story that makes people think that sex is taboo and uh, it originated from the Anunnaki prohibition on this, yes? Yes, and uh, Yahweh was very upset when Enki changed the rule. <laughs> yeah, okay. And and then, through the ages, the Anunnaki or their derivatives would be teaching this technique of how to connect your unconscious and your conscious through Tantra. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And how to open up, and which would open up the veil, which would allow greater um, release and uh, connection between couples. (laughs) Now, can somebody do this without having sex? Or is sex important for this to mm. occur? When you open up your or, chakras, it doesn't take... I mean, it can be done without um, having sex. And, uh, and when you open your chakras, you open up to the other individual. And when you get uh, mastery over each of your chakras, then you would be a master of a living life. Uh, mm-hmm. in the physical. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me ask the question. In terms of... Uh, this can be our last question as we need to move yeah, to I know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. I, I think we, we, we might try going into this topic again next week because I barely scratched the surface of it, okay? But right. in terms of... of uh, Breaking through the veil, um, breaking through the veil and connecting yourself with your unconscious, um, releasing the energies. And I remember there was one teacher of, uh, um, what was his name, Yogi Bhajan. He used to say that there was a block in in your heart that separated yes. the lower part of your body from the higher part of your body and sex would tie the two together. That's what he said. Yes. Okay? Yes. And the, there are two, um, two two veils. One would be the yeah. actual physical veil, which would be, uh, it's like when you have sex, you can't tie the two, uh, the upper and the lower chakras together if you can't 
put your heart love into the sex. Um, mm-hmm. The other the other uh, reason for the veil is a uh, some kind of a blockage based upon the individual's concentration, say, in control and negativity, which would have a blockage against true heart uh, colloidus back and forth uh, of true love and unconditional love uh, in the effort of a surface-to-self being uh, to take all the energy and to possess the other person and to uh, be service to self totally and not consider so much the other person, but dominate and control the other person. Mm-hmm. It would be another uh, cause of a blockage, or it, it would be like another veil. Mm-hmm. Now, my final question on all of this, okay, is if we're talking about Breaking that sex is a way to break the block, the separation between time, space, and space-time, or you could say the conscious and the subconscious. It is probably not the best way, but it can maybe give you glimpses of it. What what are other good ways to do this? Meditation? We, we would like to uh, address that next time as we need to move into... Uh, we do not wish to go over time. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing through these answers. And if you're listening, come back next week and we'll get more on this topic. All right? And, um, and uh, let's see here. Does Terry need a break? Yes. Do you need a break? Terry needs a break. I'll be right back. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. And I'm looking. We have a pretty big healing list today. And I I said this last week. Yeah. You know, I'm encouraging you all to not put 10 items on your healing list. Okay, because it takes too long, and we're getting more people doing it. And uh, um, and today, if you have a bunch of things on your healing list, uh, CJ has the option to just read the first one and send the light to the rest. Okay, and uh, let's see. Let me see here. I'm looking at the list. And I see Ratka in Serbia is on it. Ratka, how did you find us? I'm just curious. Send me an email. With free at Yahoo if you want to. Uh, I can't imagine how somebody in Serbia found us, but you probably go on the Internet or something, or or you heard us on... uh, on one of the times when I did an interview, okay? And 
We're waiting for Terry to come back. She's taking a break. And let me, let me just ask a question while we're waiting. All participants are unmuted. I'm just curious, did any of you have a, uh, any kind of insight or aha experience about all of that? <clears throat> oh, well, we'll cancel for next week then. Aha. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. Did we did did we did we lose you? Did you were you not able to track it? I couldn't hear most of the conversation. But but I mean, you know, sometimes things go you go unconscious and you lose the ability to follow something. Um, how many of you lost the ability to follow things? Sometimes. And for me, this always happens on Sunday. Um, like every word gets cuts out, so I can't really hear the whole conversation. So I'd have to listen to the replay. Uh huh. It's only on Sundays, though. All right. Only on Sundays. Sounds like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How, how many of you got a case of mute itis after listening to that? I do. It takes time for all of the information to sink in, I think. Uh, how about Julie? Did, did Julie get anything out of it? Terry? Yeah. Judy, thanks for asking. When your vibration comes through with higher sources, I always get something out of it. There is a vibration. I don't always take the literal words. Sometimes I let the words wash over me and I take in the higher vibration that's coming through. The, all the particulars about the... Uh, Anki and, and Anaki. I'm not that. It doesn't do it for me. I like to feel the vibration of God through the Elohim and the Ra group, and that's what does it for me. So that's, that's kind of my way of processing much of Now, as soon as I hear the word Christ consciousness, I perk right up. There's certain things that just do it for me. So I just go with what resonates, and I let the vibration, rather than the left brain information, um, it's not as important to me. Does that make sense? Okay. Did you hear me, Terry? Yes, I do. Yes. Did you understand what I was saying? Did you understand what I was saying? Okay. Yes. Yes, I got it. Yes. For the whole process of every call, that is where I ride the wave of godness through your okay. beautiful work. So thank you. Okay. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves.
All right, Shija, you want to come in? Yes, I am here. How about you? Did you get any? Did you did you get anything out of that? I do, but it's this is a topic. I I it's difficult because this is a public. <laughs> millions and millions of people on BBS Radio are listening to this broadcast, and Listen, I think nobody, me, no, no. Nobody likes to talk about this <laughs> publicly. Nobody. You know? I know. And especially, especially you're talking to someone who's British. And we all know that the British are the most... Um, <laughs> oh, what's the word? <laughs> prudish? Uptight. Prudish. Prudish. Thank you. We are the most <laughs> prudish. So anything of this nature, I am eternally mute. so i'm really sorry i'd love to contribute i do have things to say but i it's sex is such a personal subject um Mm. but it is very enlightening the information and i'm sure it is helping many people especially Mm. knowing that it for men it is um, a matter of the body that is perpetuating them to um, be more sexually active than women. Uh, I say that, but even that could be not strictly correct. But that's good, really you know, good to know. And I, I really want to you know move more into loving relationships. Because yeah. sex is you know, a, it, it's a part of a loving relationship. Yeah. You know what I realized? One, now, uh, I realized that whoever designed all this was pretty clever. Because if men didn't have this great urgency, then they wouldn't probably do what was needed to have sex, right? And because what are men getting themselves into when they have a kid? They're getting themselves into 20 years of working, bringing up a family, and it's okay it's if they love it. responsibility. Yes, it's yes, great responsibility. But they suddenly, they suddenly have one night of release, and oh my God, now the next 20 years... <laughs> <laughs> of my life has spoken for, right? I'm and glad so, I'm a woman. That's what I have to say. Thank God I was born a woman. <laughs> Women, I don't yeah. think, have the same urgency as men do. And well, I but, won't but, say but strictly... But women, we get on the healing list. Yeah, let's get on with the <laughs> healing list before Lauren gets list. mad at us. Yes. All right, yes. Keith. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) I'd like to call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list, a subject of this healing list, listening to the call, listening to the replay or reading a transcript. John from Las Vegas. I ask that the masses 
systematic voting fraud from the November the 3rd, 2020 election be revealed to the American people. I ask that the massive corruption in the US government and the massive fraud and manipulation of the financial system be revealed to the American people. I ask that we will have an executive branch, legislative branch, and a judicial branch of government that are positive service to others and will have integrity, ethics, wisdom, and courage so that they will honor the US Constitution and honor the will of the American people. I ask for the honoring of freedom for all people to choose for themselves whether or not they want to take the vaccine or to travel to any country or state they desire without having any travel restrictions. I ask that there will be no harmful long-term effects from the vaccine. I ask that everyone will quickly adopt cryptocurrencies and that certain cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, XRP, XLM, XDC, Lota and Algorand become international world currencies that will be capital gains free so that there can be a smooth transition between fiat currencies and cryptocurrencies. I ask that all the above be done for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. Thank you. Thank you. And taking a look at the things you have asked for, we see that on the cryptocurrencies, it is being looked into by different governments at this time, including Turkey, um, and uh, through everything that you have put in the light, there are factions of people that are asking for that, and we review their calling and to add your calling uh, to theirs and put it into the mix. Thank you. Thank you. Roger from Austin. The cancer challenge continues for my friend Bob Browning of Austin, Texas. I ask for the healing love light to continue to surround and support him for the best outcome for him and everyone around him. Thank you. Blessings to all. Thank you. Thank you. We work with it in the matter of lights and darks. We see the darks and uh, we put lights into the areas of darkness, get energy and may begin to flow and that health may begin to return. Thank you. Uh, let let Thank me just you. say, you know, when, when Terry was on the verge of dying, I studied cancer. The whole time, I read everything on the Internet, and I came up with some things that I think helped her, in addition to our sources. If you send me an email, I'll tell you some resources. And if the person is open to alternative things, um, he, might, he might try them. Like, for example, one thing was intravenous vitamin C. 
which always helped Terry. She felt better afterwards. Now, I don't know exactly which thing I did uh, brought her through it, and it, and it might have been ultimately our sources helping, but I think some of those things helped. And if I had cancer, I would be doing everything that had any credibility that didn't make me sick if I did it. Okay, go ahead, CJ. We're about to go off Thank PBS. We're about to go off PBS? Right. Okay, so let me just mention, uh, if you enjoyed our call, I want to remind you about our archives, spiritchannel.net. Every night we do a healing call, which has become a community, which has helped people keep their energies above the negative stuff that's going on in our realm, which can scare the, the pants off people. And, um, and uh, that's also listed on the Spirit Channel, the phone number. It's on BBS on Monday and Wednesdays, but otherwise we do it every day on a conference call. And uh, you're all welcome, and uh, you should try it. Try it for a few days, because it tends to, uh, when you get into it, it tends to shift your life, not just the call. It's not just something to do as an obligation or something, but it helps get rid of fear, and it helps make connection with our sources, and it puts out intentions for healing the planet every night at 7 o'clock. So please try it, especially if you feel alienated and isolated and not cared for and no one understands. And go ahead, CJ. Thank you. Isis from Arizona. My self-clearing of all spike protein to be removed from my body along with AI related to it, my fatty liver for healing, my cat Lucy, gratitude and blessings to Joy, Lauren, Fred and Bella for the help during my very painful episode I went through yesterday. <laughs> 